I had the privilege that the first Sunday of 2018, I got to kick off the, uh, the fruitful series at church. And I spoke on a message, if you remember it, the Proverbs double dozen. And the message was about bear, don't compare. And so obviously, being the fruitfulness, I believe that God's been speaking to me about fruitfulness and fruit and stuff. Not necessarily about eating it, but about the spiritual concepts of my life. And so I, I'm looking forward to speaking today. So if you're taking notes, I've got two titles, and I'll give you the second title later, so whatever helps you relate. But the first title is The Presence of God. Tell the person next to you, The Presence of God. The Presence of God. So if you've, go to, if you've got your Bible, which I encourage you to bring to church, because it's a great thing to look at. It doesn't get distracted on other things. Go to Numbers, so the book of Numbers. Seven, chapter 17, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 7. So everyone say numbers. numbers. Say ver- chapter 17, verses 1 to 11. And so we're going to look at that shortly. And if you see this, it should have a title saying, The Budding of Aaron's Staff, or Aaron, however you pronounce it. The Budding of Aaron's Staff. But quickly, just before I go on further, if you're new to church, we sing in words like hallelujah. And if you're unfamiliar with that term, it simply means praise to God. Or give God glory. So that's what it means. So when we say hallelujah, it's just another way of saying praise God. So that's an easy one for you. And second of all, when we do church, there's a lot of things like why? Why do we meet together? Why do we sing songs? Why does some person, wet man or woman, stand up the front and talk for a bit? And so say this talking part of church, in Ephesians 4, it says that there's a part where it says um, uh, that God gives gifts to people, like, and it has names from like prophets, pastors, evangelists, and their job is to equip the saints or equip the people which is used to do the work of the ministry, which is what we're meant to do in life. And so at One Heart Church, we have a kids' ministry, and that's not babysitting. That's equipping the kids for the ministry. We have a youth ministry. Now, that's not babysitting youth or, oh, that's having a fun time. No, we're actually equipping youth to do the ministry. What's ministry? Seeing lost people know Jesus. And so uh, that's one element of church. And another element of church is the presence of God and what the presence of God does. And so all of these things work together. So today I'm going to be um, talking about the presence of God and how that relates to and why it's in church and how that works in church. Is that good? So before we go into read numbers, I just got to do us a bit of context so it makes sense to us because a lot of it's very... If we're not new to church, it won't make sense. So if you can, um, so first of all, Aaron is a Levite. Say Levite. And so Levites are a tribe of Israel. And then Aaron was a Levite and his direct descendants were priests. And then the, uh, uh, the other Levite relatives, so not Aaron's descendants, served God at the tabernacle. And so a tabernacle is a tent temple. So think of a tent, that's a temple, that's a tabernacle. So those things are all connected. So there's Aaron, he's, his descendants were priests, and all of their f- extended family get to serve at this tent temple of the tabernacle. And so what we read in Numbers shortly is how um, Aaron and his descendants are chosen to be that tribe out of the other 12. So can you all just close your eyes and picture a pizza? If you've, um, if you've got gluten intolerance, picture a gluten-free bread, whatever it is, base. Yeah, I, I can picture beautiful pepperoni. Some people might think pineapple's You've got to get better pizza taste, guys. But who, who, can you see that pizza? Everyone see that in their mind? Now, cut that pizza into 12 pieces in your head. You can see 12 perfect pieces, right? Now, pause that picture in your head, and I'm going to quickly say something. Now, i got three sisters, Mariah, Carmel, and Leanna. 
Now, I am the oldest for everyone to know, so don't offend me. I am the oldest. Just because Mariah's married and she's my oldest sister, I am still older than her. Now that we've got that out of the way, growing up with Mariah, she wasn't the best cook. Now, she's got a lot better. We went to her house the other day for dinner and she cooked sensationally. But growing up as a teenager, Mariah had a bit of a, um, a trademark around the house and not quite knowing how the kitchen works. And so one time, it was my birthday, and so she had a great idea to cook me a cake. Great idea, not the greatest result. But that, what I will say, so Pastor Jimmy, who's on the sound desk tonight, being friends in church, we were hanging out playing FIFA at home. And it was a FIFA on the Wii in the 2008. And so it was really cool because it was like, you shake it. And it was like, Pshh! and it go like slow motion. It's the best. Jimmy loves the game. And so that was like 10 years ago because it was FIFA 2008, right? And so having my birthday, Mariah made this cake. And Jimmy just, being, just came and obviously we're a friendly household, and made himself at home and just cut out a piece of this cake and just ate some. And then he's like, oh, wait, was this cake for anything? And we're like, yes, Mariah made it for a purpose. So what he did is he just grabs it and just puts it together, and you, know, you wouldn't even notice. Because of Mariah's skill, she made, like, Play-Doh cake that you could just, like, connect it together without knowing a piece was taken away, right? And so now what does that story have to do with anything? Picture your pizza with 12 slices and you're taking one out and then dispersing it into 11. So this is what happens with the people of Israel, the 12 tribes. So you may come in church and hear a thing called the, um, the promised land. And so the Israelites go to this promised land and rather than all 12 tribes getting a lot of land, it gets divided into 11. And so... Uh, so if you read uh, in Numbers 18, so it says this. So all the other tribes got allotments or portions of the promised land, like we get a pizza, a piece of pizza if there's 12 of us. But God said to the Levites in Numbers 18.20, and this just like blows me away. And depending on the translation, it says, your allotment or your portion um, isn't land. It's a fact that you get to serve me. And so these Levites, rather than getting some land, they get... Um, the privilege to serve God. So for an example, if you're a child here, you picture uh, a pizza at your house and then your parents say, hey, um, Alana, hey, Pete, hey, Carmel, hey, Charlie, um, you, uh, th this pizza is for you kids. But what we're going to do is we're going to cut it in half and give one to this sibling, one to the other sibling, and you get to do the washing. Like, we're like, that's not a fair deal. Who would agree with that? If my other sisters, if my pizza at home instead of being cut in four was cut in three, and my three sisters got a third and I got nothing and I got to hang out the washing, I'd be like, what? what? This is gypped. But that's what happened to the Israelites. The Levites got gypped of the pizza, of the land, and they had the privilege of doing the washing, of serving God. But with that, I'm not downplaying serving of God. God is clearly showing us that serving him is not a right, but it is a privilege. So, uh, and then if, another thing is, if you find yourself saying, do I, uh, what do I have to serve? Change your language. Because as, as Pastor Rob says in um, Psalms, quite often 4, 1 to 7, and then verse 1 says, you have been called by God, and we've got to live according to our calling in God. And so um, serving is not a have to, it's a get to. Because God was saying to these Levites and so to the other tribes of Israel, land isn't the important thing. The pizza, the pizza, and as my example, isn't the important thing. The important thing is a privilege to serve God. And so we've got to have that understanding of, you know what, this, when I come to church, if I'm on the sound, if I'm on the stage, wherever it is, this is not a have to, this is a get to. Because some people only get a piece of pizza, I get the opportunity to serve God. So hopefully now with all of that, 
we have a bit of context. But then finally, in 1 Peter 2-9, Peter is writing to, he was one of the disciples, is writing to the early church, which is mainly Gentiles, so non-Jews, non-Israelites. And it says this, You are a chosen people, you are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And so what we are about to read is how the pizza moves from 11 to 12, and how the Levites are chosen, set apart to serve God. And so, but what we read in Peter means it applies to us, not just the Levites. So let's go. We ready? So numbers, starting at number one. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to bring you 12 wooden staffs. Run from each tribe of Israel's ancestral tribes. Inscribe each leader's name on his staff. Inscribe Aaron's name on the staff. Of the tribe of Levi, for there must be one star for the leader of each ancestral tribe. Place these stars in the tabernacle in front of, uh, in front of the ark containing the tablets of the covenant, which we call the Ten Commandments, where I met with you. Buds will, everyone say will, sprout on the staff belonging to the man I choose. Then I will finally put an end to the people's murmuring and complaining against you. So Moses gave these instructions to the people of Israel. Each of the tribal leaders, including Aaron, Aaron, brought Moses a staff. These play, um, Moses placed the staff in the Lord's presence in the tabernacle of the covenant. When he went into the tabernacle of the covenant the next day, he found Aaron's staff representing the tribe of Israel, say the church, because that represents us, the church, had sprouted, budded, blossomed, and produced ripe almonds. Say fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. When Moses brought all the staffs out from the Lord's presence, he showed them to the people. Each man claimed his own staff, and the Lord said to Moses, Place Aaron's staff permanently before the Ark of the Covenant to serve as a warning to the rebels. This should put an end to their complaints against me and prevent any further deaths. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. Awesome. One thing I forgot to get you to repeat was when it says, Moses placed the staff in the Lord's presence. I'll get you to repeat presence, but we missed that. But is it okay if I quickly pray? So if you feel comfortable, close your eyes and we'll just believe right now. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and powerful and it can speak to us right now. God, we thank you for this whole year of fruitfulness. May it not just be something that we hear, but may it be something that you do within our lives. And God, we just pray that you reveal what this presence is to us in a fresh way, in a way that is relevant. And we just thank you, God, that we can see changes today. And everyone said, amen. amen. And so, uh, uh, Pete, I need to grab something. I'm going to illustrate this to you quickly. So this is a walking stick. Everyone would agree with that. So um, now just another thing. So Aaron had a staff. The closest thing that we have to staffs these days are walking sticks. So kind of a, a representation of that staff is a walking stick. And so Aaron's staff, his walking stick, no longer represents his leadership or tribe. It represents and speaks to us as a church. So everything that what we just read talked about this staff of Aaron now represents us. And so we see there that uh, Moses had all the tribal leaders give him his staffs, and then he put it in the presence of God overnight, right? So th this is the, the Ark of the Covenant, ever. This is where the presence is. So um, God puts, Moses puts the, the, um, the, the thing down. Da overnight time, day arises. Oh, Pete, I need the um, church, close your eyes. All right. You can open them now. And Moses is like, hey, what? The staff's growing almonds, roasted, ready for eating. Can you believe it? And so 
the, 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 the concept is a quite an interesting one, but I believe how... Oh, ready for eating, perfect. So I believe just like that staff had the ability to uh, grow fruit, I believe that can be the, relate, the reality for our life. So I've got to... As it said there, Moses placed the staff in the Lord's presence in the tabernacle of the covenant. When he went into the the tabernacle of the covenant the next day, he found that Aaron's staff, representing the tribe of Levi, the church, had sprouted, budded, blossomed, and produced almonds, or I would say ripe fruit. And so... In the presence of God, if the presence of God can bring a stick alive, I believe the presence of God can cause us to come alive. If the presence of God can cause a, a, a stick to be fruitful, I believe God can ca- make my life useful. If the presence of God can make a stick fruitful, I believe God can make your life in his presence useful. And so if you're taking notes, write that down. If a sky can use a stick and make it fruitful, God can make me useful. And so I really believe that that could be the reality in our lives. And so to continue on, we've got to prioritize the presence. Everyone say that, prioritize the presence. And so you've got to put yourself in the presence. You've got to place your life in the presence of God. And so make the presence of God your priority. And can I say, church, it is time to bud. It is time to sprout. It is time to blossom. It is time to produce and to be fruitful. If it happened to the, that stick, it can happen to me. And so we've got to have that. And so, But with reading that, when I was doing my devotions early in the year, I read that, and I had a, a question that came up in, within my spirit. And I want to question you with that and go, where am I found? Everyone say that. Where am I found? Where am I found? And that's the second title. Where am I found? So you choose the presence of God or where am I found? Because we can be a stick just out in the bush doing nothing, or we can be a stick in the presence of God where fruit is blooming and budding and sprouting and all the rest of it. And so uh, Brian Houston, who knows, who's heard of a man called Brian Houston? I'm very thankful for Brian Houston and what he's building in Hillsong Church. But there's going to be a picture come up on the screen. And he has this quote. I've heard it quite a few times. No mature Christian who is seasoned in the word has any reasonable excuse to live their life offended. That is such a good quote. I love that. No mature Christian who is seasoned in the word has any reason uh, has any reasonable excuse to live their life offended. But with what we've read, I've sort of adapted that in a way that God speaks to me. And so I would say this, um, or using Pastor Rob's language, I'd, I'd say this. So first of all, my way, a mature Christian seasoned in the presence will be fruitful. And I believe that. If we're a mature believer seasoned in the presence of God, there'll be stuff sprouting in the supernatural all around our lives. Using Pastor Rob's language would be like this. A mature believer permeated, everyone say permeated, permeated in the presence will be fruitful. And so are you permeating yourself? Are you seizing yourself in the spirit of God in the presence of heaven? Because then that will reflect. If, if you've not got spiritual fruit, I'll, I'll judge what you're permeating in, what you're, what you're seasoning yourself in, all right? And so, um, yeah, Pastor Rob used that word permeate this morning, so I love that. Permeate in the presence, hey? That, this should be in the title. Acts 1.8, I love this. You will receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so where there is presence, there is power. Why? Because presence produces fruit. And to follow that on, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, very famous one about the fruits of the Spirit. But I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible, and it says it like this. The fruit of the Spirit 
And so it says in brackets, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. So not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. And so we see there, Holy Spirit isn't the presence. Holy Spirit isn't... Uh, Holy Spirit is the presence. Um, Holy Spirit isn't power. No, sorry, I've said that wrong. Holy Spirit isn't the presence. Holy Spirit brings the presence. Holy Spirit isn't the power. Holy Spirit brings the power. So when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, when we get the Holy Ghost upon us in a way, in a way He doesn't just bring us power or presence. That thing is what then sprouts the fruits of the Spirit within our life. And so when we start having that love, that joy, whatever those things that we can rattle off, that's a reflection of the presence within our lives, the power of God touching us and changing us. So when Holy Spirit comes upon us, that presence starts developing the spiritual fruit in our lives and we will bud, we will sprout, we will blossom and we will produce and we will be fruitful. And so when we are baptized and have the influence of the Holy Spirit, we are a container of the power or a bucket of the presence. And so we've got to realize that we as humans, we are a container or a bucket of the power and the presence of God and we carry that that ability to produce fruit within ourselves. And so if you're taking notes, point one. Everyone say point one. So the presence of God is power. So the supernatural. I believe that. That's the first point. The presence of God is the supernatural workings of God. Point two now. The pres- so the, I've got point two is the presence is found in the gathering. And so we can ask, well, what is the presence of God? And so we see, see the presence of God is power, and that's what helps us be fruitful. And another point is, well, where do we find the presence of God? And so the first point is in the gathering. So the gathering, you could say the saints, the brethren, if we're old school, or we could say the, uh, as the church, using modern language. And so in Matthew 18, 19 to 20, this is a very popular one in church. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father will do it for you. For where there are two or three gathered as my followers, I am there among them. So we see there the presence of God is where believers come together and for the purpose of like lifting up God and prayer and all those sorts of elements. Then in Acts 2, 1 to 4, I'm going to read this. And it backs that up. So on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. So all were in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone, pre, uh, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And so when we worship, when we preach, if, as long as we are agreeing, God's on it and his presence is among us. And so that's why we can listen to the preaching and the Spirit of God is there, the presence of God is there, because we're united, we're there together. If it's worship, if it's prayer, it doesn't matter what element it is. As long as we agree on that, the presence of God is there. So that's one place the presence of God is found. And so... The way I, I, a way to describe it is it's kind of like a magnet, how magnets can lose their, uh, their sometimes you can have a magnet's really strong and sometimes it loses its strength to magnetize. And as people, um, we, I, like, we should be like a magnet that's drawn to metal, but people, we should be drawn to the Spirit of God as we prioritize and go, we, we just need God's presence. We need his, his power within our lives. But sometimes we somehow lose our mag- magnification. I don't even know what the word is. We lose that the, 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 the strongness of stick, however it works, to the presence of God. 
by example, I can be in, because you, you often hear quotes in church, people say, oh, how wonderful was the worship? Because what they're saying is they felt the presence. Then, then the other week they're in church and like, oh, oh I didn't re- the, the worship wasn't, didn't get me, do me any favors or whatever. However, they said like, oh, the worship just wasn't doing it for me. And, well, and as you often hear preachers say, well, the worship's not about you. But they're just saying, I didn't sense the presence of God. And so what is it that can cause us to be distracted? Because I know for myself, I can be at church and be like, that there's annoying me. That there's annoying me. That there's distracting me. Why, isn't that, why are they doing that again? That's distracting me. And I can get so, and I'm losing the, why am I here? I'm here to glorify God. I'm here to lift him up. And so I'm letting all these distractions get in the way. But then I can go to, say, a Planet Shakers conference or a Hillsong conference or any other thing where I just get there to worship God. A pastor's meeting like, oh, God, you're good. Oh, wow, the presence of God is here. Why? Because I'm simply in a place where I postage myself to See, see the presence. And so we can be in our own local church and be like, the presence of God's not here, but you've just been distracted. Because then you can look to the row on the right and be like, why well, is that person crying? Am I in the wrong row? It's got nothing to do with the row. It's got to do with where our, mag- ta- our magnet of the Spirit is facing. And so I want to encourage you, don't waste the worship environments. Don't waste the prayer. Because just because you're not feeling anything doesn't mean the Spirit of God isn't there. And we've got to go, God, help us be in tune in magnetizing to where your Spirit is. And so uh, uh, and let's, let's not live there at that level of going, where's the presence? Because we, it's our heart shift. And so point number three, so the music team come back, says this, in the presence, God speaks. And so I believe the presence of God is a conduit of God's voice. And so and what I mean by this, and so often we can get the, asked, the question is asked in church, how do I hear from God? And so if that's you, hopefully this can help you with that. And I think there's many ways that we can hear from God. And before I say the presence of God, I want to say the first and prim- primary way you can hear from God is your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. This is the primary way that you'll hear from God. But a secondary way or another way that's not bad, but I would say this is your primary way, is in the presence of God. And so what I mean is, so in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, 3 to 14, now, quick background. So there's a lady called Hannah. She couldn't have any kids. And so she went to the tabernacle one day and was just praying like, God, give me a child. And then in her prayer, she's like, God, well, if you give me a child, because I'll be so grateful. Kind of like a tithe, I guess. She's like, I'll give it to you forever. I'll give it back to you. And then so she kept her promise. God gave her a child. She goes, oh, well, here's Samuel you belong at the church now and he just didn't like leave her there like you might get left at church but gave her to gave this child to the church and so Samuel was living at the tabernacle at the place of God and so it says this Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God suddenly the Lord called to Samuel now basically just like that stick that as we're talking about before in the very place in essence where that stick was but budded through Samuel sleeping there so this young boy Samuel was sleeping in the same same place as the stick that budded, and that's where God spoke. And so this is, and so because it said that suddenly God, the Lord called Samuel. And so I would suggest that, um, uh, and he actually heard God audibly there. But where the question goes to, where are we found? Are we found in the presence? Because um, in the tabernacle, the tent temple. Uh, Samuel was found in the presence of God and I believe when we put ourselves in the presence of God we will hear God speak to us and so you've got to place yourself in church and God will speak to you I guarantee it in the worship in the preaching or a prophetic voice and so um, 
For example, we're singing that song, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house is a place for me. I often sing it cheekily and go, in my Father's house is a place for Joshy. I personalize it even more because I go, because I want to magnetize myself to the presence of God. I just want to go, God, there's a place for me. No, God, there is a place for Joshy. Up there, I see the, I see the seat for me because I go, God, I'm putting myself in a place where in the worship environment, now God's not saying, Josh, I've got a place for you, but I'm, I'm getting that reality in my spirit. God's got a place for me. He is for me. He, he's not neglecting me. He's actually got a place for me. And so when I sing that song, God's speaking to me personally. And so you might have those kind of revelations in worship. Or you might just have the, you'll see people weeping because they just go, God, we're just so grateful for your love. And so we have those things. Um, sometimes in the preaching, so, for example, when I read, say, the scripture verses, I've heard people preaching. It's not even about their message. And God's just convicting me about a scripture. I'm like, Where's that coming from? Because I put myself in the presence and God will speak. And he can do the same for you. And so there's going to be a, a picture up here. And so this is just phenomenal. Planet Shakers. So they, they released a few albums. Now that was released the year before I moved to Port Lincoln. And so uh, when I moved to Port Lincoln, I was devastated. I was, And I'd literally cry myself to sleep, had a CD player. I know, what's a CD player these days? Like back in the day where you had a CD in a CD, player before iPods sort of were really coming out, I put this CD in and I'll just cry myself to sleep going, God, why have you wrecked my life? God, why have you ruined my life? And I'd be tearing, like I could sort of joke around and say it now, but at the time I was devastated. I'm like, God, I've got no friends. Uh, my church is, no, is not as good as what it, my old church. All these things are like, what, what's the purpose of life now? And I'd, I'd cry myself. And the presence of God was in, the, in that environment. Because now when we think about it, at the time, this church was called Lincoln Community Church. Now we're called One Heart Church. Now I think that this is, I just realized this today, how prophetic is this? Because now our youth ministry, which I run, is called One Youth. And I was in the, in the presence of God with that soaking into my, my, my life, crying, God, why am I here? Why am I here? And I had this one playing to me. So really that was prophetic. It's a God. Now God didn't speak to me then, but I'm just saying that's the presence of God. I can see it now and go, well, that was a prophetic playing to me then. Now we're One Heart Church. The reason why we're called One Youth, not One Heart Youth, I just felt One Heart Youth sounded a bit girly. I'm like, we'll just go one, same thing. Um, but, but we see there. But So yes, the presence of God was there, but there was no real, at the moment, at that time, playing that asleep, there was no real change. There was no real sprouting or budding or fruitfulness. But we could probably say there was now looking at it. But it wasn't until I was positioned in a worship environment at church at the end of that year in 2010, a pastor by the name of David Hall, I was sitting over here somewhere, I can remember it, and he said, Josh, stand up. Oh, and, he, and he prophesied, so he spoke life into my, my spirit. And in that environment of, as we said, the presence of God is, is when we gather, in that gathering moment of the place of faith, he spoke into my life and said, Josh, you were not here because your parents, you were here for the call of God on your life. And there, the shift happened where the sprouts started to blossom. And so I would encourage you, we come to church and we do the worship. Now, yes, was the presence of God in my bedroom? Yes. But there's something about when we in the the brethren, the, the community of believers together where something else happens. Like for me, it wasn't just crying, going, why am I here? It was actually going, you know what, Josh? And instantly from that week on, whatever the depressive spirit was on me was released. And I started going, well, no, I'm here to, to serve God. I'm here to be a change. And so I want to encourage you, when you're in the presence of God, in the community, there will be things changing. Whether it's a prophecy, whether it's whatever it is, there'll be something in your life where God wants to speak to you about. And so... 
It's really cool. Coming up this week, um, as a youth ministry, we're going up to uh, the Youth Alive Wild Ones Conference. And why do we do that? Again, it's not for the sake of let's have some fun and burn some fuel, emit some greenhouse gases. We're, we're going there because we, as young people, are going, we prioritize the presence. We, we are putting ourselves in a place where God can speak to us. We're putting ourselves into a place where the supernatural can take place, where we can be fruitful to bless the people around us. So that's why we do it. And so you want to encourage you with, as I've preached this message, you, you might not fully understand the presence of God, but you might be a useless stick. Well, it's not useless because they... Yeah, holds weight, but you might be a dead stick that you might think, what the heck is my life can attribute? Put yourself in the presence of God and you will bear fruit. And so you, there's things in your life that you may not even imagine. I can't wait to see the testimonies of Riley and Charlie, but you might go, right now, I'm just a stick. But you know what? In your future, you're going to be having in a spiritual concept, roasted almonds ready to eat. And so I want to encourage every person here, that's the truth of your life. You're not just a stick. You have the ability to produce fruit and God can do the supernatural. Put yourself in his presence. So what we're going to do right now, I don't know if you felt the presence of God when we sang before, but you're going to feel it now. And I want to encourage you, if you're distracted by anything, go, you know what, God, for this this minute, 30 seconds, whatever it is, I just want to put myself in your presence. I want to marinate. What's the word you use? permeate. I want to permeate myself in the presence. I want to make it a priority because God will speak to you. Is that cool? So let's sing church and then I'll pray after that.